Let's Read Spider-Man Listeners. This is Eddie, and I have here with me... James B. We're on Amazing Spider-Man number 20, The Coming of Scorpion, everybody. And I, I like, I... I dug this one. This was this is a pretty good comic for me. Let me talk a little bit about it, and then I we'll hear from you, James B. So at the beginning of this, uh, J. Jonah Jameson, we saw at the pre- end of the previous comic, someone was following Peter, and it turns out J. Jonah Jameson is paying someone to follow Peter to figure out how he's getting his pictures. But he's like, eh, never mind, whatever about that. And so anyway, Spider-Man notices, or Peter notices someone's following him. So he changes into Spider-Man to kind of follow the guy who's following him. And he does one of my favorite things, throws a web bat at him. All right, yay for web bats. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson then finds a scientist to turn Mac Gargan, who's the guy that was following. And um, I, I, little side note here, it's not an alliteration. I was looking back at the names. You know how everybody likes to have Peter Parker with the P at the beginning of both names? It was interesting. I, there, there could be a study sometime on who doesn't get an alliteration. Anyways, throws a, sp- a web bat at him, scares him off, kind of. Um, and... Peter Parker uh, notices that in the in the um, at the Daily Bugle, Ned Leeds is sent off to Europe, giving um, Patty a chance to swoop in um, towards Peter. Um, James B. Uh, with Ned Leeds going to Europe, does this automatically make uh, Betty Betty a um, available again? Honestly, I thought that Peter and Betty have broken up at least three different times by now. I can't tell if they're together or apart. It seems that he always thinks they're together and she always thinks they're not together. It is very confusing to me as well, Eddie. I know you mentioned it last podcast, by the way, so I know it's confusing to you. It's sometimes, to me, the biggest shock of the entire issue. I'm like, oh my God, I thought it was over and they're back again. Uh, By the way, you just mentioned Mac Gargan. Um, It's much like Ned Leeds. There is an English term for that. I will come up with it shortly. If not, I'll just Google it and look it up. Um, but I'll let you know there is something about the Mac Gargans and the Ned Leeds that's a different term that's not known as um, alliteration. It's got another term. What a poetic interpretation. So, All right. Uh, let us let me know what what, ha- what happens next in this uh, oh, Okay, okay. Issue, so forget about Ned Leeds. That guy's off to Europe. Uh, we continue with J. J. Jonah Jameson going to Dr. Stillwell, and uh, he goes to him to try to turn to turn Mac Gargan into the Scorpion. Uh, let's note here, he convinces Dr. Stillwell, who kind of has trouble with this idea, for $10,000 to do this experiment on Mac uh, Gargan. And Mac Gargan is also getting paid $10,000 to have his DNA messed up and changed into the Scorpion at J. Jonah's request. Um, this is this is not a small cost to putting aside the kind of ethical things going on here and i think there's several levels of it twenty thousand dollars in 1964 is roughly 175 thousand dollars we could say mm-hmm. um and J. Jonah jameson is cajoling the scientist into doing an untested experiment on a human there's a lot of things going on here with J. Jonah Jameson uh, at this point in the comic that I, I, I'm having a little bit of trouble. I'm like, I, I don't, James B., what do you think about what's going on here with the whole creation of the Scorpion? I looked up, uh, I also thought this was not his best thing he's ever done. And I did a little Google search on this particular issue, and it had a list of the worst things that J. Jonah Jameson has ever done. <laughs> and creating supervillains to fight <laughs> spider-man was third on the list so 
I'm not going to tell you what's ahead of that, but, but but he's done worse. And one of the one of the things that he uh, that, that beat it the number the number um it was a number two thing comes up in issue 25 so it, it, he's all going, right he's going, we are going to see it pretty soon we're not we're about to hit rock so we're pretty close to rock bottom here for uh ethics and j Jonah jameson but in the future we could we can always go lower we could go lower from here on out so anyways all right so scorpion boom we got scorpion on our hands i really i like his tail and i like how j Jonah jameson's like uh, I want Spider-Man to lose to someone just like him. <laughs> so anyway, Scorpion goes out there and he bumps into Spider-Man and they have this big fight and it's a real brawl. And Scorp- Scorpion, is he's a really tough, tough uh, customer for Spider-Man, particularly in his strength. And the Scorpion initially beats Spider-Man, like knocks him out, throws him into like, a water barrel thing or something on a roof and he's like aha i have won but then of course he goes rogue and he doesn't want to listen to j jonah jameson at which point j jonah jameson realizes uh what if i get in trouble for paying this scientist to create a a villain (laughs) to fight spider-man uh, anyways, uh, Scorpion goes back out, and Spider-Man also, he, he managed to wake up. He's not finished for sure. He's kind of beat up. The scientist tries to go after Scorpion and hit him with this antidote to make him the, make it reverse and go away, but in the end, Spider-Man comes to fight Scorpion again, and really, he gets clobbered pretty hard again, and then the Scorpion bursts into J. Jonah Jameson's office, and Spider-Man realizes he's got to change his tactics for this this kind of third fight that he has with the Scorpion. Um, and they really, they go at it, and there's a great ironic part where J. Jonah Jameson is cheering for Spider-Man to beat the Scorpion because he's really, really just kind of worried about himself. And in the end, he does. Spider-Man changes tactics, beats the Scorpion. At the end of this comic, um, there's a couple more things that happen. I, I do really like when Aunt May is like fixing up Peter Parker's wounds. That makes me laugh. But at the end of this comic, J. Jonah Jameson says, anyone with too much power is liable to turn into a menace sooner or later. And Spider-Man is no exception. And this kind of justifies like the whole thing that happened and the whole future for J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, we we kind of talked about it for this comic. Once again, his ethics are coming up here. I, like, I don't know. James B., do you have anything to add at the end of this comic? Maybe a little bit about J. Jonah Jameson and justifying why, you know, that Spider-Man has too much power? My knowledge of the Marvel Universe is a little more vast than Eddie's, who's it is. Some, somewhat limited to the books in the cabin that his uncle and mom had. That, that is my style. <laughs> I I fear sometimes, like when I when I when I get ready to do this podcast today, Eddie, I was looking at my shirt in the mirror and I said, I wonder if I could ask Eddie to name all the superheroes on my shirt. And I was like, I'm not sure he knows who some of these people are because he doesn't even watch the movies. Possibly. But the relevant thing here, Eddie, I watched a few. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, did you happen to watch the movie? Uh, Captain America Civil War by any chance? I think I did. I think I watched this one or parts of it. Do you know what the Sokovia Accords are? Oh, oh, I I do know. This is like uh, to hunt the Avengers down or something. (laughs) It's the Sokovia Accords. (laughs) So many email, angry emails at me. Anyways, continue on. (laughs) Uh, Yes, you can send all your angry emails to Let's Read Spider Man. At gmail.com and ask me why am I doing a podcast with someone who doesn't know what Sokovia Accords are. Uh, anyway, 
The Sokovia Accords make superheroes, Eddie. Um, it makes them accountable to the United Nations and the, technically oh. the governments of the countries they're from, which would make like the U.S. extra in charge of like Iron Man, even though he's technically the you know the United Nations property. So so he signed it like, yeah, we're too powerful. It has to do with the fact that they they you know they're running around fighting people and there are casualties as a result of it. You know, people. Oh. People yeah. get hurt when buildings collapse because they've take, chosen to, to engage. Now, obviously, you watch the movies, you realize they're doing the best they can. So Spider-Man is fighting Scorpion. They take it outside. J. Jonah Jameson's here screaming. The Scorpion throws the filing cabinet, and it, and it kills someone in Daily Bugle. Is Spider-Man responsible because he was fighting it? You know, you and I would say, well, he was protecting the people, you know, but he's still not the police. You know what I mean? He's not, he's not trained for this whole whole thing. Okay. Uh, all right. So you're asking. All right. Me, he, so I'm just saying, does somebody, he, J. Jonah Jameson is, 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 if you believe him, he's I mean, on the side saying you can't be unchecked and be a superhero running around and do whatever you want. I, I think there's argument too. I think he, Spider-Man abuses his ability. He swings into people's residences quite regularly, and that's that's not okay. He can't just be like spying on people and swinging in their houses and whatnot whenever he feels like it. So this comic in particular brings a lot of this to the forefront, forefront, I guess. For the record, Spider-Man never signs the Sokovia Accords. He's not really asked to, although he fights on the side of the people who are in favor of it, if you watch the movie. But, you know, the movie and the book are two different things, and neither one of them has taken place yet in your world of Amazing Spider-Man 20. Um, one thing that did happen in Amazing Spider-Man 20, uh, Eddie, is um, there's a scene that I really enjoyed that I'd like to read to you um, if you, if you have a moment. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, sure. It's just a panel. Um, it takes place on page two, if anyone wants to read it. Um, uh, the mysterious guy's following um, Peter, and he's saying goodbye to um, Liz and Flash. And he says, so long, Liz. See you around, Flash. And she says, bye, Petey. And Flash says, go play in traffic, pest. <laughs> It's it's a great it's a great line. It yeah. kind of alludes to the fact that he's Spider-Man without knowing he's Spider-Man too, as oh, a pest. Oh, Eddie, <laughs> the deep dig there, man, that is excellent. See, uh, and no. technically he plays in traffic. Not as good, not as good. I know, I know. But uh, I wanted to give you that one. All right, uh, I, I, don't... I, I, not not as deep, but just to just to be noted there on uh, which let's see, page twelve. There was there's this great. I really like this. Uh, this one, this line, it's not actually the anything that has to do with the artwork, but the line that says, while a scant few yards away, his triumphant phone chortles with ghoulish glee. Oh, man, some some good writing, listening to Scorpion talk like that. So if we're talking about panels we like, that's one of my favorites in this one. And speaking of writing, before we get those emails pointing at me, um, I say <laughs> Peter Parker, Betty Brandt, that is alliteration, but the word that I could not come up with and I didn't want to push the button, make the link say, I believe it's pronounced, it looks like uh, assonance, maybe is the word. It's when you use the vowel sounds that are the same. So uh -huh. the Mac Gargans and the Ned Leeds are more in the room see. of assonance. So there. Blackie, Blackie Glaxon, too, I think was another Blackie one. Blackie Glaxon. See, there, he has, uh, there aren't many people who, that, you're, you're going to be hard-pressed to find someone whose name doesn't work exactly. Even May Parker has two A's in it, just right. in case. Okay. All right. I'm ready for our sponsor. We can't forget about the sponsor. Oh, Look thank at me. you. You're right. 
Hey. Um, I do have a I do have a sponsor for us today. Um, Eddie, today's sponsor, unfortunately, is a new one. I think we have a sponsor that you're going to enjoy today. Oh, I can't wait. Today's sponsor is uh, for our podcast is uh, the good folks over at the Forest Hills Hospital. Uh, Eddie, need surgery? No problem. At Forest Hills Hospital, we specialize in surgery. Dr. Bromwell is an expert. He will operate perform a blood transfusion and the next day you can head out for a 24-hour car ride you'll be fine only your loved ones might feel the effects when they give you the blood transfusion so to get better today call us or check us out on facebook forest hills hospital we have the power to heal and it says at the bottom heal you not your loved ones who will need to recover from their blood transfusion for a for a long time i mean is this is this guy board certified do we check into this are we just letting any old sponsor into this podcast like not dr bromwell will be back so he comes back around so we can he has a great sponsor to have all right all right well okay all right all right thank you dr bromwell so 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 technically it's forest hills hospital it's not it's forest hills hospital it's not dr bromwell he's technically not the sponsor of this podcast okay so eddie let's let's move on we're we're gonna move on though we're gonna do another comic tonight number 21 where flies the beetle so if you're ready james b you ready yeah of course all right let's go on we're gonna talk about it a little bit here where flies the beetle uh, let's just start off. So the Beatles is getting out of jail here. Um, and they just hand him back all his like villain equipment. I mean, as a felon, I know you can't own a gun legally. Right. So what do you, James B. I, he, was he, was this like extra good behavior? Did the vulture like give him a little hint? Like, if you're extra good, you even get your stuff back. You can go hunt down Spider-Man and with. What, what I, do you think about the Beatle here? Yeah, I mean, the book obviously is going to point out uh, they have to have a reason, Eddie, to give this guy it, his equipment back. What? It, um, it, he just says it's mine. They have to give it back to me. They don't have to. <laughs> well, you know, when you when you, you see those scenes, people go into jail, Eddie. They give him like a little like uh, give him like a box with all yeah. the stuff that they brought in. Did you ever watch the movie Austin Powers, Eddie? I have seen that one. You know, when Austin Powers gets um, his, uh, you know, Swed- Swedish uh, penis enlarger, and, and he's insisting it's not his, and then he has the book that says one book, you know, that's my bag, baby, Swedish penis enlargers in me, you know, uh, it's whatever you bring in. So he brought in a Beatle costume, and, uh, and uh, I believe his name's Abner Jenkins, another assonance uh, thing. Uh, this so, guy. So, yeah. Well, and the torch is not very happy about this. And the torch, like, first of all, I, does the torch just have an entire line of like asbestos outfits? <laughs> he seems to be able to flame on with either that or he's got just an infinite amount of outfits. But the torch, we got the torch. He's back. We talked about this in the last podcast a little bit. This, this correct me if I'm wrong. This is the last time we see the torch for a while, right? Yeah, it is. And uh, you remember, if you know, we had a little bit of technical difficulties today, Eddie, and while we were waiting. I have a little uh, amazing Spider-Man index here, and, and it doesn't really have very much. It's really just a summary of the issues, um, but it doesn't right. have hardly any like commentary. It doesn't say like here's something you didn't know, but it has under comments usually like one line, and the one line for this issue, Eddie, said the second story in issue eight, which is the one that happened in your um, the teenager tribute issue. Oh yeah, the yeah. The one where Spider-Man's right. a jerk. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> says that story takes place after this story. What? Yes. It says before Peter Parker and Betty Brant make up in the story in the next issue. And I was just like, what? I felt the same I, way. Like, but I, I got I to gotta go read back and look at where Dory is in all that. I guess that's the whole premise that like, does he know who Dory is now? It's, you know, would, would it would make sense. But I was like, okay, I'm going to just let this go for now and, and, and move on with my day. But uh, yeah, Dory Evans, for those who, um, those who don't read the fantastic four if, and, and I've mentioned this for eight, but last year I, I read fantastic four one through 300. Yeah. I read them all. So, uh, the first thing I'll tell you before we get to Dory real quick is that, yes, he does have asbestos uh, clothes, but he has a lot of not asbestos clothes. And he's often frustrated that the, the signal goes off and he's like, darn it, I'm wearing my not asbestos clothes. And they just sh- and he just destroys them as he flies away and his new suit disappears, constantly having that problem. Um, but they always oh, make him new costumes and things that can, you know, so he can, he has better control over certain things. Certain I mean, he, I guess he's pretty famous. You can probably, he probably has people making but, clothing. But Dory, Dory Evans is his, Dory Evans is his girlfriend for the first, like, four years of the comic. Oh. So that is the official, like, All right. girlfriend. Yeah. Those. Then he get, then he'll, then he'll get a new girlfriend for four years. And then he'll, you know, um, by the way, issue 300, for those who wish to read it, is is the wedding of Johnny Storm. So he does get Ooh. married eventually. Um, wow. To, to a character that's in the book many, many times for many, many years. But I'm not going to spoil that for Eddie because I know he might like sit down and read <laughs> I'll get that. there someday. <laughs> yeah, well. Not because I won't be watching the movies. <laughs> I, I will tell all, all the readers that wish to jump on the Fantastic Four, uh, I would come in around issue like uh, 25, and I'd get out of there around issue 65, and you know, that's that's the that's the high point for this. I mean, it's okay, it's okay, but it's, that's where you want to really be. All right, all right. So, anyways, Torch is not happy about the Beetle getting out of jail. He kind of flies around. He makes this great little heart to impress his fans. The Beetle also is flying around, and there's this kind of funny chase where the Beetle goes after the Torch, and Spider-Man sees him, or um, doesn't see him, ends up heading back home. Um, Dory, the Torch goes home too, and Dory is just really not happy with Johnny. Um, She gets real angry at him, and they get angry at each other, and she tries to convince him not to, like, turn into the Torch. Um, Dory's walking around, somebody bumps into her, and Peter Parker comes to her rescue at the end uh, after dory leaves peter finds her wallet dropped on the ground which gives him insight into where she lives so she goes to her house and peter parker returns the wallet where johnny sees peter leaving dory's house and peter and johnny they have a johnny confronts peter and um, says why are we at our house at which point betty's there and betty gets upset that peter's been at dory's house Kind of like the last comic here, Betty. Like, is it just over between you and Ned? He went to Europe, and we're just done. I mean, that besides the fact that Dory is just portrayed, man, she she is not portrayed particularly well in this this comic overall. I have real problems with both Betty and Dory at this point, certainly in the comic, you know, the comic book series, and in this comic too. James, how do you feel about the uh, women in the various superheroes' lives here? You are talking about Dory Evans, right? Dory Evans, yes, right. Showing you my like laugh <laughs> uh, abilities there. The entire Fantastic Four, by the way, um, is is 
you got a bunch of those. The Doctor Dooms, the Reed Richards, the Sue Storms. They got plenty of uh, uh, alliteration too. Um, I had no problem with. Uh, I have no problem with Dory. Maybe I know her better. Um, you know, I already knew where she lived. And by the way, we talked about this just a moment ago. But it does make sense that he finds it where she lives here. And then later, you remember in issue eight, he says, I'm going to go over to Dory Evans' house with oh, his yeah. girlfriend. So it would make sense. Like, how did he know? Yeah, here he doesn't even know who she oh. is. He's like looking up the thing. So it would, it, continuity-wise, it would be like, wow. oh, man, this, you know, whatever. Um, I think she, she should be like, hey, stop stop flying off and being a show-off. Like, that's, I want a boyfriend, not a superhero. What's wrong? Now, you're are you upset because that she wishes Johnny was more like that gentleman, that nice, refined Peter Parker. Is that the problem that bothers you? Cause... <laughs> kind of, too. She just she just comes across as being so kind of one-dimensionally angry in general. I don't I don't know. Something does it doesn't gel with me very well how Dory is portrayed throughout this this spirit, this comic in particular, and the kind of constant state of fear Betty is in on what Peter's doing or what he's not doing. I don't. <laughs> Both of them, I have major trouble with in this issue. So, yeah, she's I don't always know. Betty always looks at us and has that shocked look, yeah, on her face that like, oh my God, what's what's going on? And I'm so, you know, yeah, she's always in that state of, of crisis mode where, she, where she's constantly breaking up or thinking Peter's left her, um, you know, except when she had that very brief relationship with Ned Leeds, which she's also, of course, then shocked that Peter's not, you know concern but yeah i'm looking at she has think bubs on on page uh seven and it says like he's telling peter to stay away from some other girl and i yeah. never even suspected it if you just go Come back on. if you go back two issues to when um spider-man was having no problem beating up on uh, the enforcers in, in montana <laughs> on page 10 there's a think bubble and she says the same exact look to us he seems to change all of a sudden he seems to have new confidence in himself i wonder uh, if he found someone else betty you know, because that's that's her her, her one. Dem- By the way, when we started this uh, podcast, Eddie, um, we you know we had some like rules of like hey we're going to have different things we're going to talk about. Uh, I initially had like a list of like characters, most one dimensional thing a character does because there's tons of one dimensional characters. Yeah. In, in, in the writing here, um, but uh, why don't you wrap up this uh, wrap up what happens next in the story here? All right, all right. Moving on here. Um, so Peter wants to make the torch jealous. He goes to Dory's house as Spider-Man to try to impress Dory. But the Beetle also figures out where Dory lives. It's Spider-Man and the Beetle. They they get into at Dory's house. At Dory's house, Dory gets the opportunity to call uh, Johnny and say, "I need help." To which she says, "Ah, ha, ha, nice try. I'm not flaming on to go over there and help you out at all." So Spider-Man and the Beetle keep. Um, fighting each other at which point uh johnny gets nervous and finally turns into the torch uh he runs into spider-man and there's like a miscommunication here between the two of them and spider-man and the torch are fighting for quite a while i like i i why can't these guys just kind of talk can't they just talk can't they say (laughs) they're supposed to be on the same anyways uh they fight with each other for quite a while um at which point um, during that fight, Spider-Man makes him uh, a tennis tennis table paddle to uh, hit fireballs back at the torch, which, of course, I really enjoy. Anything made out of made out of web that isn't just shooting web at stuff. Finally, they stop fighting and they find the beetle. The beetle the beetle is a very powerful foe. I think just like the scorpion, they have a lot of trouble for having two superheroes up against them. Um, but in the end, they both kind of 
fonk into each other and the beetle the beetle gets defeated in a little cage um spider-man ends sad because johnny and the torch you know johnny as the human torch seems to be always doing really well whereas spider-man and peter parker not doing nearly well nearly as well i know i kind of asked you the same question before but we're not going to see the torch for a long time james b how do you feel about this good or bad is it um, sad nope. make you happy nope not at all it's good um i could uh, i could also i could write the script for any any single issue that torch is going to be in um eddie it goes like this uh <laughs> spider-man does something to be a jerk um everyone hates spider-man <laughs> the torch thinks at the end yeah he's, he's not that bad a guy spider-man <laughs> feels bad about himself and unseen. That's basically how every single Spider-Man Torch issue goes. I I think I'm ready. You know, there, for me, the Torch and Spider-Man really bring about this kind of goofy teenager emotional roller coaster that happens with them. Particularly when they're fighting each other. I'm very done with this. I'm super super happy to see the Torch be gone for a while because I, I don't. Know, it really bothers me just their whole interactions and everything. But I am glad that they both get to fight the beetle at the same time and kind of like interact their abilities, right? Like they're both doing things kind of like teamwork. It's fun. They do get tangled up in Spider-Man's web, and like the torch has to get him out, doesn't he? <laughs> I like that scene they, right there. So, any other um, panels we should know? Dated references? Anything else? James um, B. Missed one. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Um... The, the my favorite panel slash there was two of them I really enjoyed and since I didn't really do one in the last one I'll I'll take credit for two here um, <laughs> I like on the second to last page the scene it's on page nineteen uh, where um, Johnny is holding Dory and she's pointing at Spider Man and he's like holding her like in this like I'm the hero I love you embrace yeah. You know, and, and it's what I said. She says, Johnny, aren't you going to do something about that horrid Spider-Man? I still think he was in league with the Beatle, being the, you know, kind of the expert she is. Right. And he says, we've no proof, Dory. And he did help me catch him. And by the way, have you noticed that you don't mind me being the Human Torch at all? You're in trouble? And then Spider-Man's sitting there, you know, packaging up the, the Beatle in a web. And he's like, she'll never really trust Spider-Man. And even the torch isn't sure about me. And she's pointing at him, though. Like, the fact that it's she's very like, aggressive. She's like, yes. She's like, that pest should be playing in traffic and not, you know. <laughs> um, and I also, I also, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you have time to talk to us about the, the, the almost fight between Human Torch and Peter Parker. Oh, like, yeah. Like, I kind of Par- glazed over that one. Yeah, it's Par- true. Yeah, and, and when she's crying because um, the torch is, you know, being a loud mouth about, like, hey, you know, stay away from my girlfriend. And Peter Parker goes after the torch. He's like, you brainless, swell-headed, loud mouth jerk. Who do you think you're sh- shooting your yap at? <laughs> and, and Eddie, you did you ever yeah. see uh, It's a Wonderful pot- Life? Pot- yeah, yeah. Yeah, you look yeah. at Peter Parker in that picture there. He's like, you're brainless, swell-headed, loud mouth jerk. Who do you think you're shooting your yap at? He's got that... The face is all weird and everything. It's like, what is going on with this panel? It's because they want to show how often does Peter Parker get angry? They don't have it. Like, draw him angry. He's like, I've never drawn Peter Parker angry. He's always sad. <laughs> it's true. Wearing a mask it's all the time. It's true. 
Well, I I'll say I I thought you were gonna say in the panel where Liz or where um, Dory is pointing at Spider Man. The Beatles' eyes look kind of sad as he all wrapped up in the web. That makes me laugh a lot. <laughs> page 19. But my favorite panel is the one where they right on the same page where they said, "Oh yes, thonk," and it's just the torch's hand, Spider Man's foot, and the Beatles' head getting whacked. I really like really like the. Uh, that panel just to kind of show the action of what's going on uh, in there at that time. So anyways, um, anything else to add for this one? I got a little something at the end here, James B. We're at 30 minutes. I think you should save it for the next, the next podcast. All right. It only is going to take, it's only going to be for comics 10 through 20, just so everybody knows. So I'll be a little bit past that, but fair enough, James B. Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. Let's wrap it up. All right, thanks for listening. Let's read Spider-Man listeners. We'll see you next time. This is Eddie and James B. All right, see you around. banned everyone from the basement too so i'm not interrupted okay got it you got your tea you're banned everyone from the basement let's talk if, about... if you could see my setup it would be embarrassing but i'm all set up too embarrassingly good or just like <laughs> bad <laughs> i still really haven't set my house up it's pretty bad okay. well this is this is an audio podcast <laughs> yeah i know so i it's... won't be revealing that in the uh <laughs> the podcast and I'm going to go. click on the show notes, and I'm going to just... I'm ready. Yes, I, I can tell you're ready. <clears throat>